have to tell you, I made a mistake. Don't be shocked. When I was typing out the scripture readings for today, instead of saying Jeremiah 33, I typed a 1. It's my fault, so you get an extra scripture reading today. But since I'm not preaching on Jeremiah 31, I'll read you the passage from Jeremiah 33. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days, at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to sprout from David's line, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, you are our Lord. And it is your birth that we're getting, to, getting ready to celebrate that time when, when you kept the promise that you made so long ago to Israel and Judah. Lord, bless our meditations today and throughout this season of Advent. In your name we pray, amen. You know, it's, it's the same thing has happened every time I've held one of our grandbabies for the first time. Usually when I'm by myself, I'll look down into the child's eyes and I'll think, who will you become? What will your life be like? What's God going to do with this child? I, I even find myself when we, when we have a baptism, sometimes asking the same question when I take the child in my arms. I ask that because, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of a child. And I think that it would be good for us during these next weeks to ask those questions about him. Who are you? Why did God send him? Who did he become? To steal the, the title of a famous Christmas Carol, I, I would like us to ask the question this month, what child is this? Because I really think that it can do us nothing but good to spend the next weeks focused on, focused on and thinking about Jesus, asking the question, what child is this? And the, our first answer comes from the the 15th verse, first part of the 15th verse of this text. In those days, and at that time, I'll make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. You know, uh, when I first read that text, this may sound strange to you, I thought about my front yard. You see, in front of our house in, in Pecan Grove, there's two garden areas that there were when we moved there on each side of the sidewalk. And in the one, 
I tried to plant flowers in the middle of the flower bed. But I'll tell you, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get my spade, I couldn't get my shovel to go through the dirt. So finally I got down on my hands and knees and, and pushed away the covering of dirt, and there was a problem. There was an old, dead stump there. People, apparently there had been a tree there, and somebody who'd owned the house before us had cut it down, but they hadn't ground up the stump, and so it was hidden by just a thin layer of dirt. And I could push and shove with my shovel and my spade, and I was not going to get through. Well, I thought about that when I read this text. Because you know what sometimes you see growing out of a dead stump? Every once in a while you see a new sprout, a new shoot come up. Have you seen that? That's, that to me is the picture that, that, um, that Jeremiah is painting for us. In fact, the word branch here in the text is literally translated new shoot. So if you were to do a, a literal translation of this text, it would be in those days and at that time, I will make a righteous new shoot sprout from David's line. Now you know what that means? That means that David's family tree had become a dead, lifeless stump. And they had. They had failed to be the righteous kings that God had called them to be. They had been fairly wicked over the years, decades and centuries. They had committed all sorts of sin, murder, adultery, idolatry, lust, wickedness, unit greed. They were guilty of it all. They led God's people away from him and, and brought into Israel all sorts of idolatry. Even the best of the line, King David, a man of whom it said he was a man after God's own heart, even David was guilty of great wickedness. And one day, finally, God had had enough and he cut down the tree. The Babylonians, he sent them in to invade Israel, Judah. Judah was defeated and the best of the people were taken captive into Babylon and only the poor and the uneducated were left behind. David's family was left as a dead, lifeless stump. What a picture that is, isn't it, of what sin does to you and me. You, know, you, you and I are like David. God desires us with all his heart. And yet, like David, we constantly walk away. We're guilty of all sorts of sin, right? Greed, lust, adultery, idolatry, you name it, we've done it. You know what that kind of lifestyle does eventually, don't you? Look at what happened to David's family. Ended up a dead, lifeless stump. Or like that tree in the backyard, in my front yard, only 
the stump hidden by from dirt. You know we do that, don't you? We try to pretend we're not dead. We hide our lies by telling more lies. We hide our deceit, our wickedness by making excuses, by pointing the finger and blaming someone else. We try to cover it with a veneer of how religious and Christian we are. It reminds me of a story I was told by a lady in a previous parish. She was telling me about her grandfather. And she said, you know, our, grand, our grandfather, everybody in town thought, this was not about our church, but in, in town thought he was such a wonderful Christian because he donated the land on which our church sat and he gave the money to build the church. And everybody was always saying, that he was such a great Christian to everybody except those of us in the family. We knew the truth. Pastor, he had abused every one of us in every way that somebody can be abused. It was all a fake. Beneath the dirt, it was a dead stump. And the question is, is there hope for dead stumps? And the answer is yes. Like I said, you've seen it, right? And what God is promising here in the text is that out of the dead stump of David, he's going to bring new life. I love this text. What does he say? In those days, at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. At Christmas, we see that this is more than a promise that God really did this. He made a new righteous branch spring up out of David's line. And we all know who it is. It's like every child knows the right answer at the children's message. Right? In fact, one pastor got so tired of always getting the same answer at the children's message that he asked a different question. He asked the children one day, he said, what's brown, has a furry tail, and collects nuts? And one of the children said, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but since this is church, it must be Jesus. <laughs> My friends, in this case, it really is Jesus. Jesus is the righteous branch. See, God intervened. In the birth of Jesus, he made a righteous new shoot sprout from David's line. Now, I, I underlined the word righteous because that's what Jesus was. His name is the Lord is our righteousness. That's what it says later in this passage that I read to you, right? That means that Jesus is the one who is in every way right with God. He is God's own son in human flesh and blood. Come to be a member of our human family. Come to be a member of your family and mine. Come into this family infested with sin. Born to bring righteousness. You know how he did it? 
He lived a righteous life. He was, he was tempted. And folks, you and I have never known temptation like Jesus. No, we say, he's, he knows what we go through, but we don't understand what he went through because we're so easy. The devil didn't have any struggle. The devil had to throw everything he had at Jesus because Jesus never sinned. He lived a perfect life life. He was righteous in every way. And then he did the most amazing thing at the end of his life. He took that life and he offered it on the altar of the cross in payment for our unrighteousness. God there made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so having died, God then raised him to life again so that this holy, righteous God might in Jesus Christ look at you and me, guilty sinners that we are, and give us credit for the life that Jesus lived. Might look at you and me and declare that we are not guilty. Might Make us righteous. That's what happened in baptism. That's what he said to you. Came to you there and declared you righteous. Now I go back to the passage. Jesus, God did an amazing thing. He made a righteous new shoot. Sprout from David's line. Last time I under, this time I underlined the word new up there. From the grave, he raised up Jesus. And when he did that, he raised up a new life. He realized that on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, God began a new work of creation. And he then came to you. And he gave you your own personal Easter, just like you see that branch coming out of a dead stump. So he came to you in baptism. And don't you, what did Paul say? Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too might live a new life. New shoots, new branches, growing out of an old dead stump. And it all begins with the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see it happen again and again here. Every time a child, a baby, an adult is baptized there, God makes a new shoot sprout forth. Is there hope for you and me? For dead stumps? Yes, there is. Jesus, He makes you and me new again. What child is this? It's Jesus. The brand new shoot. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass on our understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.